0: On this day, we celebrate Good Friday, and as we saw in that video earlier when we began the service, it's ironic that we would call today a Good Friday. However, we know that because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, it certainly is a Good Friday for us. Amen. Because of Jesus' claim to be the Messiah, to be the Son of God, Savior of the world, he upset the Jewish high priests and elders of the Sanhedrin so much so that they wanted to take his life. They wanted to put an end to these claims for they thought it was blasphemy. They didn't believe that he indeed was the Savior of the world, the Messiah. And so because of that, they sentenced Jesus to death. But before the death that he suffered on the cross, he endured a very painful and agonizing beating. As we read in the scripture earlier, he was beaten so badly that he was probably unrecognizable to the crowd, although they knew it was him. You see, Jesus was beaten with a leather whip, and in those days, there were tiny pieces of iron and bone chips at the end of each leather thong, causing deep cuts and painful bruising. He was mocked, struck in the head, and spit on because of his claim to be the king, the Messiah. He was also placed upon his head uh, a prickly crown of thorns as they mocked him. However, Jesus willingly surrendered his life and he chose the cross. Let us read the scripture in John chapter 19, and we'll start from verse 16 to 24. John chapter 19, starting from verse 16. And if you are able to, would you please stand as I read God's word? John chapter 19, starting from verse 16. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them in four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, They divided my garments among them and cast lot for my clothing. So this was what the soldiers did. Moving on to verse 28, later, knowing that all this was now complete, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that not only is it a story, but that, Father, it is truly an account of what has happened. And so, Lord, this morning we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to you, to your word, to what you have to say to us today. And, Lord, we truly pray that you would speak to each one of us and that you would help us to be obedient to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. When a criminal had been condemned, he was led away to the crucifixion, and it was custom that he should carry his own cross. The upright was waiting, but he would carry the crossbeam that he was to be crucified with. The charge on which he was being executed was written on a sign and was prepared. It was either hung around the criminal's neck, or it was carried by an officer in the front of the procession, and it was later affixed to the cross itself. The criminal was led to the place of execution by the longest route possible. This was so as many people as possible would take sight and take warning for what they had done. Jesus had undergone a terrible beating after he had undergone the mockery of the soldiers and before that an examination for most of the night. He was therefore physically, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted, staggering under his cross. The place of crucifixion was a place called Golgotha. The place was reached and the criminal had to be fastened upon the cross. You see, the nails had to be driven into the hands through the wrists, but commonly the feet were loosely bound on the cross so that the death could be slow and painful. You see, all of this that Jesus experienced, all of this that Jesus went through, he did it for you and he did it for me. You see, he was innocent. He was without any sin. And because of that, there was no reason for him to suffer. However, he took that punishment upon himself. He took our punishment Upon himself. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Each of us, what we deserve, however, he willingly chose the cross. I remember one birthday, and don't you love birthdays and getting presents? Of course. So uh, I received presents, and as I opened the presents, you know, I thought, this is great, all of these presents, all except. (laughs) One. <laughs> I looked at this present and I thought to myself, it's a very expensive present, but what were they thinking in getting me this? <laughs> I appreciate the thought, but it's nothing that I would ever use or nothing that I wanted. And I thought to myself, what a waste. I know that it's a really expensive present, but I'm never going to use this, and so it sat on the shelf until one day the person who gave it to me said, by the way, in the bottom of the box is the gift receipt. And so if you don't like it for any reason, you can feel free to exchange it. I thought, well, I didn't even check the bottom of the box. And so I went home. I was so excited and I decided I was going to take this back to the store and get something that I really wanted. And so I did. And As I knew, it was worth quite a bit of money. And so I was able to actually get something I really wanted. I was able to give in that which I didn't want and get the thing I really wanted. You see, in Jesus choosing the cross, he took all of the things that we don't want. He took all of those bad things, all of those negative things... And he gave us something good, something that we really could want. He exchanged that for us. And because of his sacrifice, we can exchange the cross for so many things. And this morning, I just want to bring your mind to a couple of things that we can exchange the cross for. And the first one is, we can exchange the cross for healing. We can exchange the cross that Jesus suffered on for healing. You see, every wound that was inflicted on Jesus' body brought us healing. Every wound that he suffered, every stripe that he endured, every lash that he took, he took it for us. The scripture says, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities, The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, because of what he endured, we are healed. How are we healed? In different ways. Sometimes we will experience physical healing in this life. Other times it can be emotional healing, relational healing, financial healing, healing in so many different ways, spiritual healing. We can experience healing simply because Jesus took that sacrifice for us. He made that sacrifice and because of that we can experience great healing. You see, healing comes in many, many different forms. And sometimes we will experience that type of healing that we expect on this earth. And other times we will experience that healing when we get to glory. But we truly will experience a wonderful life of healing because of what Jesus accomplished. Do you believe that Jesus is able to heal you? Do you believe that Jesus is able to help you? You see, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in his name. You see, the same hand that's stretched out to heal the sick, the same hand that's stretched out to calm the storms, the same hand that's stretched out to command the dead to come forth is the hand that carries our healing. And so because of his sacrifice, we can exchange the cross for healing because of jesus sacrifice on the cross we can exchange the cross for forgiveness his blood was shed so that we could be forgiven jesus blood was poured out so that you and i could be forgiven The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Blood had to be shed. You see, before Jesus came, in order for there to be some sort of forgiveness, an animal had to be sacrificed. An animal would be brought to the tabernacle or to the temple, and they had to symbolically transfer the sins of that person into the animal, and the animal had to be sacrificed. So a life for a life, but Jesus came so that we would experience the perfect lamb, so that we would see the spotless lamb being sacrificed to take our place, so that his blood would be shed, so that our life could be saved. Jesus came so that we could be forgiven. Forgiven of what, you may ask? You see, you and I are not like Jesus. We have messed up Over and over and over. And so because of sin, we are separated from God. Because of sin, we're separated from having a relationship with God. But because of Jesus, he came and he made that possible for us to be restored, for us to be forgiven of our sins so that indeed we could have a relationship with God. Jesus made that possible alone. There is no longer the separation because of sin, but in Jesus we have that bridge. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. It is in Jesus that we find redemption forgiveness. It is in Jesus that we find the ability to now have a relationship with God. You see, many people don't understand the significance of having a relationship with God. You see, without God, life has no meaning. Without God, there is no reason to wake up every day, to carry on because there's no hope. But because of God, we do have a hope for the future. We have a reason to exist. We can breathe and know that our life is not in vain and God has forgiven us. He forgives us so beautifully. One of my favorite, I have so many scriptures, but one of my favorite is in Psalm 103. It says this. Our transgressions from us. You see, when God forgives, He forgets. When God forgives, He throws it away and He wipes the slate clean, and it's almost as if we never did it. When God forgives, He does not put it back in our face. There's this beautiful picture that I saw, and it says, Satan knows our name, but He calls us by our sin. God knows our sin but he calls us by our name. God has called us by name. He has forgiven us. He has given us the ability to enter into his presence. He has given us the right to be called children of God because of forgiveness. You see, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter who we are, God says, I love you so much that I died for you, and I forgive you. I love you so much that I forgive you. You see, it doesn't matter all of the things that you've done. I forgive you. Many times when Jesus encountered people, when he healed them, he would tell them, go and sin no more. I forgive you, but go and sin no more. You see, when we come to the cross, we will experience what true forgiveness is. But he doesn't want us just to take advantage of that. He says, I have forgiven you. Now go and sin no more. Go and live your life, the abundant life that I died to give you. But there's no need to continue sinning. You see, just the way that Jesus has extended to us forgiveness, we have to accept that. We have to receive that. But in the same way, today is also a day for us to maybe think of who is it that we need to forgive? Who is it that we've been harboring anger towards? Who is it that we don't want to talk to because they did something to us 20 years ago? Who is it that we are still holding a grudge against? You see, we cannot ex- expect God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords to forgive us if we won't forgive our brothers and our sisters. Who is it that we need to offer that same forgiveness to. You see, when we understand what we have been forgiven of, when we understand what we have been saved from, then we will be so much more generous in forgiving others. We will be so much more compassionate and merciful and loving towards others. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can exchange the cross for forgiveness. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can exchange the cross for blessings. He has offered us so many blessings. You see, when Jesus was being condemned, there were insults hurled at him, there was mocking, he was spit on, he was tortured. He went through all of these things not because he deserved them, but because he did it for us. And because of all that he went through, We can experience blessings in this life. You see, the things that Jesus took upon himself were for us. The very same people who followed Jesus, who saw him heal, who were healed themselves, who saw all of the wonderful things that he did, who listened to his preaching and his teaching, were the same people who shouted, crucify him. We're the same people who stood there and mocked him. We're the same people who spat on him. We're the same people who watched those nails being driven in his hands. They mocked him. And they said, if you are the Messiah, if you truly are the Son of God, come down from that cross and save yourself. And you see, when I read that, it's so profound. Because I understand that because Jesus truly is the Messiah... He didn't come down because he wanted to save us. Because he was the Messiah and he is the Messiah, he stayed on that cross because he knew, I'm the only one who is able to pay the price. I'm the only one who can make this sacrifice. And it's because he stayed on the cross that we are forgiven, that we are redeemed, that we can experience this life. Jesus has done so much for us. And you see, what he took, now there is no condemnation for us. We can stand before God and know that there is no condemnation. John chapter 3, verse 18 says, Whoever believes in him, that is Jesus, is not condemned. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. You see, the insults, the mocking, the torture were all for you and me, but Jesus took it so that we wouldn't have to. Jesus took it so that we truly could experience a life of blessings, so that we could have a wonderful life without that. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we can exchange the cross for freedom. We can exchange the cross for freedom. You see, his nail-pierced hands and feet give us freedom. His nail-pierced hands and feet is what paid the price and what gives us that freedom. Whether we realize it or not, before we come to Christ, we are all in bondage. We are all slaves to the enemy that is Satan. We belong to him. Our lives belong to him because we are sinful, because we've messed up, but Jesus came to set us free. He came to pay the price that no one was able to pay. He was the only spotless, perfect sacrifice that could stand in our place. It's almost like you being guilty of a crime and saying, well, my friend will serve the time for me, but your friend is also guilty, so your friend can't stand in. But yet, an innocent person comes and says, I will serve the time so that they don't have to. Someone who did nothing wrong, someone who didn't deserve the punishment, but yet comes and says, I will take their place, set them free, they can go. That is what Jesus did. Because of the cross, he gives us freedom. Because of the nails, because of the nail scarred hands, because of those nails, we can experience true freedom. And we know that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom from the things that hold us back in this life. There is freedom from the chains that bind us. There is freedom from addiction. There is freedom from temptation. There is freedom from all of these different things that we feel we cannot overcome. But there is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom. He has paid the price and we are free. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, it says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. When Paul wrote this, he was referring to a common practice at the time where criminals who were serving jail time would have their crimes actually listed on a note or on a board outside of the prison cells where they were kept. So where the person was, there would be a notice. So you would know exactly what that person had done, the charges that they had against them. And so the Sentence or whatever punishment they deserve correlated with the crime that they committed. So if they had killed someone, then however, whatever kind of punishment they deserve would go with that crime. And so, once a person had served their sentence, or once a person had done their, their time or had received whatever punishment they deserved, there was something that was written on that notice. The jail keeper would, at the end of the sentence, stamp on the paper, and in Greek it's called tetalestai. That's what it would say tetalestai. And what it meant was paid in full. Their sentence was paid in full. They were now free to go. They had paid the penalty for whatever they had done. They had served their time. And you see, when Paul wrote this, and with that scripture, I truly believe what he was saying is, Jesus canceled the record of the charges against you and me. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. When Jesus went to the cross when he accomplished what he did on the cross, it was almost like stamping on our paper, paid in full. It is finished. It is done. It is taken away. There's no need for you to serve that time because I already did it. Jesus paid it all, and all to him I owe. Jesus took all of that He took it away, and he paid it in full. When he cried out, it is finished, I truly believe that's one of the things that he meant, that we are now free to go. We're now free to enjoy the life that he died to give us. Are you experiencing that freedom because it is only found in Jesus Christ? Jesus died so that we could be free. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we can exchange the cross for eternal life. Jesus died so that we could have eternal life. The cross gives us that crown of life for us to experience, for us to enter into heaven. You see, not only did Jesus' sacrifice on the cross give us forgiveness to make it possible for us to have a relationship with God, but it's because he conquered death and the grave and he rose again that he opened up the doorway to paradise so that we could experience eternal life with him. You see, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then his death wouldn't have served the full purpose. We would have been forgiven because he he died in our place, but it's because he rose again that we have the gift of eternal life. It's because he conquered death and the grave so that one day you and I could spend eternity with him in heaven You see, God desires that each and every one of us would spend eternity with him. He wants us to be with him forever. He wants that because that's what he died to give us. The price that he paid on that cross, we will never fully understand the cost. But he died so that you and I could experience a life, an eternity with him forever. You see, when God stretched out his arms It's almost like him saying, I love you this much. I love you this much. I would die for you because I love you this much. He died to give us that freedom. The song that we sung earlier says, there is a place where sin and shame have no power, and it's at the cross. At the cross, we experience the wonderful things that Jesus died to give us. You see, in Jesus' day and in that time, the cross was a symbol, it was an emblem of suffering and shame. The cross was a, a symbol of terror and warning. The cross was a means by which people would be executed by, and it was actually such a shameful way to die that the Romans had a rule that Roman citizens would not be hung on a cross because it was just far too shameful a way to die. The cross was reserved for robbers and rebels and, and assassins. It was reserved for the worst of the worst. And so when people saw the cross and saw someone being crucified, it was such a grim sight that they knew that this was such a terrible, terrible thing. You see, Jesus took something that was bad, something that was negative, something that no one wanted, and he exchanged it for something good. That when we look at the cross today, we can see something of hope. We can see forgiveness. We can see love. We can see eternal life. We can see that which was not there before he died. We can exchange the cross for all of those wonderful things that Jesus died to give us. Today, the cross reminds us not only of God's forgiveness, but of his amazing love for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, to people who don't understand, it seems like a stupid sacrifice. It seems like a foolish sacrifice. Why would someone come and take your place Why would someone who is innocent take the place of someone who is guilty? But because of love, he did it. To us who have experienced God's change, because of us who have experienced what God is able to do, it truly is the power of God. I believe the beautiful hymn writer got it right when he said, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. We can exchange it. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can exchange the cross one day for the eternal reward that He has died to give you and to give me. There is a wonderful reason that we call today Good Friday. It's because Jesus took all of the bad things and He made it into something good. All of those things, so that at the cross, We can hand over our sin in exchange for righteousness. We can lay down our burdens and we can pick up freedom. We can come broken but leave restored. Even though it was meant to be a bad, terrible day, we now call it Good Friday. You see, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. It is only... In the name of Jesus? Are you trusting in that name, that powerful name of Jesus? Because if not, you are missing out on the life that Jesus died to give you. And it's so simple. He says that if we believe in our heart and if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. Are you believing that? Because if you are, then you too can exchange the cross for something good. You can exchange that cross for what Jesus died to give you. I don't know about you, but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for your sacrifice on the cross. I thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die in our place. God, we will never understand why you did it. We will never understand how much it costs, but all we can say is thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love that was poured out. Thank you, O God, that you took our sin and our shame and our guilt and all of those bad things and you turned them into hope and peace and love and forgiveness and freedom, O God. We thank you for that sacrifice. We celebrate our faith today and we thank you, O God, that we know the end of the story. That although you died, you conquered. Conquered death, And for that we say thank you that we have victory in Jesus. In your powerful name we pray, amen and amen.